Connor is 11 on the pound for pound rankings right now. Is he really? He's ahead of <laughs> names like Ferguson, Robert Whittaker, and Francis Ngannou. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> And we are back on the dope log. It's me, Charles Day, my partner in crime, Tim Owens. We are back talking mixed martial arts. Uh, we tried. Okay, I'll come clean off rip. I wasn't really alive on Sunday to do the recording and get up everything I wanted to get up. So that's why we did not review the last UFC fight night or whatever random event it was because it wasn't one of the numbered events. But ironically, we wanted to talk last Sunday, this past Sunday, about Israel Adesanya and Johnny Bones Jones and that super fight. And look, the fight gods, obviously, me and you are prophets cause, because... We've had a whole week of them talking shit to each other. What are your initial reactions just from this past week? Oh man, yeah, it's it's great. It's great to be back here. Um talking about MMA, talking about one of the biggest super fights that I guess mixed martial arts could have right now. Personally you asked me what my uh, initial thoughts are. Personally I, I I'm liking Izzy's plan, honestly. I'm, I'm on that hype train of, you know, uh, what was it, Raider Stadium 2021. Um, I'm with that. I, w- I wanted to wait. I want to see the rise of Izzy still. I don't want him to just have to go immediately up and fight, immediately up to 205 and fight John Jones. I, I'm, I'm not with that. I want I want the train to uh, have a few more stops before he gets there, actually solidify his belt at 185, you know? Yeah. I really, I'm with you. I don't want to see the super fight. I want to see it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. Yeah. I I don't want it right now, just because I think uh, Bones Jones is swinging down because he's actually scared to just start fighting in the heavyweight division. I and I don't like to use the word scared. I just can't think of the right word because he's kind of avoided moving up to heavyweight for years now, and that's because of his own greatness at light heavyweight. But at the same time, why are you starting to hate on? style bender right when his shine's starting to come and you're supposed to be moving up so you're gonna in the when in the time you're supposed to be training to be a heavyweight you're gonna fight a middleweight at your 205 weight like i just don't see the train of thought in that i get why ufc would want jones's win streak to end with style bender that makes sense for the ufc but as far as the actual practicality for bones jones i think he's scared of losing the limelight i think he wants to be great still but he also did everything to do at light heavyweight he's not he's not going to be a middleweight and i think there's a part of his brain that knows he's older and not necessarily a heavyweight at heart so can he do that transition career-wise that so many fighters in mma and boxing do and move up as he gets older because as we know in the ufc Usually 40 seems to be that prime for the heavyweight contenders. And with Stylebender, I don't want to see him move up. I want to see him keep defending the middleweight. There's plenty of talent in, at middleweight that he can fight. But if they're going to get this super fight and make this money, at least there's going to be no belts held up for the fight. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember what happened that started all of this. It was about a year ago, right, when Izzy was going to... Uh fight Robert Whitaker, I think, and I don't know if he started taking shots at Jones or was just talking about how he's not going to be the GOAT, something like that, and I agree with you now, now it's gotten to the point where Jones is punching down, it's like, why are you, is it more of him, like, trying to ride his coattails of this stardom that he's getting, like, he's getting all these views right now, he's the third biggest uh, pay-per-view buy of the year, right, so um, the Masvidal Usman fight was, I think, the first, right, and then it was Connor Cowboy. So, he he was the biggest pay-per-view, third biggest pay-per-view of the year, and that's during the pandemic, which, you know, can go to um, the UFC's favor right now. It seems like they're getting more viewers, but that's beside the point. I think he's, that's what it is, though. He's trying to, John Jones, trying to ride 
Izzy's coattails here a little bit. And in that Connor fashion, every time there's a big fight, he's like, oh, let me post a few things on Twitter. Let me say this, this, this. Just get a little rise out of fans. Let them know I'm still here, even though I'm not fighting this weekend. I'm not doing anything. I just know it's a big fight. So I think that's what's happening on Jones' side and getting back for what Izzy was saying about him and his legacy. Um, so for, for John, I it doesn't make sense for him to be responding the way he is. I think a little bit is uh, is okay just to keep the fans entertained about it, get Dana's eyes on it where Dana's saying, oh, I do like this fight. But yeah, too soon. Definitely too soon. It's it's a it's a time for Izzy to do all that punching up. Just attack Jones, say I'm on my way up, like let me get a few few more notches under my belt. I'll be there soon. Don't worry. I'm coming for you. Just understand. Be ready. Keep training. Keep going. Get in the gym. Be ready for when I come up to fight you. Um, and yet, Joe's being scared. I, I know you don't mean scared, and that's not what we're talking about. I think it's more of a... He knows he can yeah. get knocked the fuck out. Yes, yes, yes. He can, like, you know, he can take a punch. He's taking punches from a lot of guys. But when you make that jump where there's no limit up to 265, you're talking about some big boys that can hit really hard. Now, do I think he's technical enough and fast enough? Sure, he definitely is. Um, but it does add that extra element of you can get knocked out no, way, no matter what. One puncher, you can go out in the heavyweight division. So, And think about it like this, that in the zeitgeist of mixed martial arts, the super fight that we were talking about with uh, Bones Jones the previous, before Stylebender, was Brock Lesnar. And all of a sudden, yes. I get that Brock Lesnar isn't so beloved among MMA fans. As a pro wrestling fan, trust me, I get it. I get why you, you get sick of this dude making bank in your sport and only coming when he wants. I Trust me, I get it. <laughs> but with that being said, if you believe that Bones Jones is the GOAT, so shouldn't he just beat the beast's ass? Shouldn't he just go to Brock Lesnar, make that bank, get that W in the heavyweight division, and and start getting heavyweight wins? Where that where that super fight go? Both of y'all f- failed drug tests before. Both of y'all have wins that don't fucking count. It's a perfect super fight because even if both of y'all fail drug tests, no one's gonna give a shit. They're already gonna, you don't have that benefit of the doubt anymore. No, yeah, it's yeah, that's that's a that's a super fight that should have been made. I mean, there was talks somewhere in the middle of the year when Brock, I guess, didn't re-sign with WWE. He, he became a free agent. No, he isn't. I, I, think, of... I think as of this recording, it's uh, October 8th, 2020, when we're recording this. As of this recording, I'm pretty sure he still is a free agent. Oh, wow. So then, yeah. So we're, we're talking about, yeah, something that could be actually done is introduction into the heavyweight division. Don't have him fighting right away for a championship. I don't think that you relinquish your belt. You can't go right to the championship. If you still held that belt and you were going to go for champ champ, then okay, go right up and fight as champion. But you relinquish your belt. You got to kind of start at least one, one fight back, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that would have been a perfect introduction. And now we're here, instead, now we're here instead of talking about Israel's reign, kind of like what we were thinking of one week ago today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about this super fight, which Granted, me and you are going to watch. We will pay for this in a second. So, please. Oh, whatever they want to charge. Yeah, so yeah. Whatever they want to charge. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Listeners, don't think we're talking here like we don't want to see the fight. We're just annoyed as fight fans because we've also been waiting for Johnny to move up. The heavyweight could use that star power. We're old school combat fans at the end of the day. We want the heavyweight division to be box office. The last year in boxing with, or the last couple of years in boxing, I mean, with Fury, Joshua, Wilder. Don't lie. You love it. So if we can get the guy that should be the greatest of all time in the heavyweight division and get that strap on him or even contending for the strap, even if he loses, people lose, guys. But when he loses, that's going to be MMA history too. There's just greatness here, and I don't get why Jones is moving down. Because it feels like he's moving backwards. Because there's no future that he's been pointing to in the light heavyweight division, let alone the middleweight division. And Israel Adesanya has plenty of time. So, like you said, not to beat a dead horse, I think it's just trying to cash in on the hype train. And that's pretty much it. Like, it's just funny that the day after me and you planned on recording, it came out that uh, our boy Ariel in D.C., they were talking about this. So I'm like, that's two weeks in a row. Our 
programming was actually became the national narrative a day after what we were going to talk about, which is just something I just want to say because that kind of puts a smile on my face for all the selfish reasons. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll put you there with that smile, yeah. <laughs> I got what you mean. <laughs> like, the irony here, too, is this episode, which was, like I said, supposed to be recorded days ago, is going to be different today. And we kind of lucked out because not only do we have this awesome i'm not gonna hate i like the theater of sports uh t- twitter war social media war between israel and jones which is cool because again in such a polarizing time you have two black athletes that couldn't be t- two separate different people you know what i mean They're, they are completely different human beings so you in this time where everything is so hyper politicized polarized racial right we got, like we, we talked about colby last episode you got a nerd in izzy who's this anime millennial right and then you got the older millennial closer to gen x all pro athlete jock type in bones jones this really seems like a, a uh, kung fu movie an americanized kung fu movie coming to life because the dude that's getting called a nerd looked up to the jock that doesn't realize or completely lacks the self-awareness of what he is now. So I just, I really think it's funny that I'm in my thirties and someone in the thirties is getting made fun of for liking anime by somebody who has Coke charges and DUIs and shit. It's kind, it's just like, yep, that's American sports in like a nutshell when they're both champions. They're both <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. It's, I, I do like the dynamic of how, how different they really are personality-wise. I mean, it definitely shows to what's going on right now, like what you're saying, just everything in the world, especially here in the States. It's a uh, it's a unique thing to see when everyone's kind of siding, again, with the nerd guy in this sport. I mean, in my eyes, that's, that's what we're looking at. I mean, we've been heartbroken by John Jones so many times. It's, it's just like, okay, all right. We, we get it, man. We get it. We know you're great, but, like, come on, man. So that's why I think, uh, as well, I do like the theater of this, the the hype behind this fight. That's why I live for the, the Twitter beat, but Dana's saying, oh, I like this fight. I get it. Everyone likes this fight, Dana. We, we get it. We don't, need, we don't need it right now, though. Let's not talk. Like, we, we have to follow a plan somewhat of not throwing them right at each other because that's that's a fight for the ages. I mean, that's going to be – it's going to be huge. And maybe so, at some point in the future, me and you could do deep dives into their careers, like a top five fights or something. But as far as random shit that's actually happening now in this sport, we had some news today concerning one of the most polarizing figures in the sport and a fight that's going to be happening apparently sooner than later. Because as everybody that's a fight fan knows, usually you hear about a fight and it's happening six months to a year from now, it feels like. Um, and today we got a tweet from the notorious one himself, Conor McGregor, and I'll read it real quick for you. It says, hello, Dustin, I have accepted the UFC offer to fight you, but told, told them it must happen in 2020. I'm ready for November 21st, given that card's recent injury issues, as well as any of the December dates, the 12th and the 19th. I'll also still donate 500,000 to the Good Fight Foundation. So Dustin Poirier. Conor McGregor, tentatively scheduled right now for November 21st, a little bit over a month from this recording. And yeah, so not only is the MMA world talking about a super fight between two of the biggest characters the sports ever had, and like you said before, I think everyone got Izzy as the face and Bones Jones as the heel in that. Um, And now we got Conor coming back, uh, fighting Poirier, and how do you feel about that? Because that literally just happened this afternoon. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we uh, the MMA gods were in our favor when we're talking about this having having the delay in recording this because uh, yeah, this news is. I, I like it. I mean, they they fought before, right? And this is going to be for for a charity fight. I like the whole idea, and I do like Connor saying, "Let's do this before the end of 2020." He's been saying he wants to fight this whole time. I mean, if you're if you're hardcore, even if you're casual, you might have seen the. The beef, I guess, between Dana and Connor, it's not nothing really new. I mean, we can't say it's a new thing. They always kind of go at each other, but don't really. It's always one of them complaining about the other. And at the end of the day, they make business and have done business together very well. But 
I, I agree with him getting this done at the end of 2020. I mean, I don't want to speculate, but we can, right? The Usman fight, Usman uh, Gilbert fight is, is out, right? Gilbert Burns? Yeah, so th- that, that's happened Usman with our last recording. That, right? So that's December 12th. That's a great way to end 2020. A Conor Poirier fight, that's also going to be uh, $500,000 donated to the, the Good Fight Foundation, right? It's, it's Good Fight, I think. So, um, yeah, uh, we, yeah, we definitely uh, lucked out because me and you would have definitely been talking about that Usman fight as if it was going to happen. So, yep. <laughs> but like you said before, this fight has happened before. Um, when exactly, you ask? It was UFC 178, September 27th, 2014. So, six years later. That's a big deal when it comes to rematches because it's kind of safe to say these are two different fighters step, uh, stepping into the octagon with each other. Uh, Connor is, like I said, polarizing to say the least. And if you're listening to this, you obviously know it. His last couple fights, Cerrone and Khabib, say what you want about the Khabib fight. Me and you, I think we both agree it was one of the best fights against Khabib in the UFC from all the ones you I, we've watched. Connor is the only one, as of right now, to ever win a round against the reigning lightweight champion. And Donald Cerrone, Connor made that light work. That was 40 seconds, in and out, bing, bang, boom, head kick, some punches, you're, you go to sleep, night, night, cowboy. So, so I don't know if it's going to be any different for Poirier. Yeah, uh, it might not be very different for Poirier or for um, McGregor, but I'm with you I'm with you with the Khabib thing, right? That That's a fight we all want to see again at one point. And um, the first one was everything that he wanted. And, and you saw what Khabib did to Poirier, right? He just ground pound him, did what Khabib does. And yeah, you're right. Connor's the only one to really win around. So I think this is a perfect little segue to keep Connor active. That's what he wanted to be all 2020 pre-pandemic, right? He fought in January. So he wanted to be active the entire year. He hasn't gotten that shot. In, you know, politics are politics, in, especially in sports, and we know why we can get into that. But, you know, he, he hasn't really had a chance to fight. And I think, I think this is perfect because it will be a match where, you know, Dustin and Connor are going to really kind of stand up probably, you know, trade some shots. It's going to be it's going to be fun. So I think with everything, you know, said and the way just I guess the year has turned out for Connor, it, it's it's something that the UFC needs to do. I get it. The gate's not there, but we, we got to do something for him. If, he, if he's saying he wants to be active and we have him talking about fighting Pacquiao, that. I, I love the idea of super fights with Connor. I love his his whole gimmick, and it's not even a gimmick; it's him. But he's a prize fighter. Hmm? He's a prize fighter. At the end of the day, yeah, what what people hate about him the most is the point of the sport. These guys are athletes, and they are fighting because of a competition. But you you fight for the bag. You fight for a crown. You fight for a prize. And if that prize ain't a title, that prize is the money. So I'm not gonna get at, I'm not gonna get mad at any athlete putting their literal lives on the line that won't do that until they they feel the money is right. And that's a big reason why a lot of people hate uh, Conor McGregor. They hate him because he got the proper twelve whiskey sponsor. They hit him because he got the bag in boxing uh, in that Fugazi fight against Mayweather. They hate him because he didn't uh, defend either of the straps for how long. Like, if you look at his record, just on Wikipedia, right, his fight with Eddie Alvarez is November of 2016. His next MMA fight isn't until October of 2018. That's two years. That's a long time to not have a fight in your sport, especially when you're supposed to be the champ and every fight fan, or I should say every UFC fan, is really fucking sick of interim titles. Like, I'm sick of interim champs. I can't even talk about it. It just just angers me. Yeah, I'm I'm done with the interim titles. Sorry sorry to... (laughs) Uh, cut you off right there, but yeah, I'm not. The word just makes me quiver. I can't. <laughs> no, I'm with you, dude. But, but but hey, the the best part about like we said earlier is we have to talk about all these legends, and I think you would throw Connor into it, and we have plenty of future ahead with Bones Jones and Izzy to do these deep dives. But we're here now, and Connor's only one fight back into his actual fighting career because... For, yeah, 
I mean, yeah, it's the cowboy fight. That's it. Yeah. So, so how do you feel about this? I think Connor wins. I, I, that's no disrespect, but everyone sleeps on him like he's out of shape or, or he doesn't have it. And as what's the old saying? It's it's hard to wake up in silk pajamas. Yeah. 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 So you know, uh, it's it's hard it's hard to wake up and want something when you're waking up in silk pajamas. Yeah. The Marvin Hagler uh, reference. It, yeah. It's uh. It's true, but not. I don't think for Connor. I mean, he's a true, like you said, he's a true prize fighter. He, you know, he's not the best boxer. That's why he wasn't in boxing. But he is what you want as a prize fighter. And in, in my eyes, I mean, he he brings the show. He loves what he does out there. He has the energy for it, and he's not a, he's not afraid. I mean, you gotta be you gotta be a little, you know, egotistical, whatever you want to call it, to think. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to go out and make some money. Even, even you, you know, you called it fugazi, but I, I agree with you there. But you got to have some type of balls to go. All right, I'm going to go out and just fight the best boxer of all time. And we know, you know, if you're a big boxing fan, you know, uh, Floyd's defensive. We can say whatever you want to say about Floyd. Still the best boxer of all time. Now 50 and 0 was 49 and 0 at the time. So I mean, to do that, you got to have some craziness behind you and that's what kind of brings the table always so yeah i think he's gonna take it home for sure um and it's just but it's not this it's not a bs fight like connor was with the whole dana stuff was talking about uh fighting diego sanchez and last week we talked about diego sanchez and you know that's one of those guys you question is he a former shell of himself is he this uh just this old not even a gatekeeper anymore. He's, he can't really, he can string a couple wins together, but if he loses, he loses bad out there. And he was talking to Dana about, oh, I, I wanted to fight uh, Diego. Like, come on, we, we ain't, we're not having Connor fight Diego Sanchez. Come on, man. You know? So I, I think this is this is perfect for him. And it falls in place with Usman falling out. I think he wants to fight in November. I say scratch it, finish the car, finish the year off with a huge Connor McGregor fight. We get December 12th Conor McGregor fight. I'm I'm good through the next year. I'm good. And I really would rather see Conor do the or complete the trilogy with Diaz. I really want to see that. I want to see that fight because oh. I'm a fan of both the fighters. I think it'd be a legacy making for either of the fighters. Obviously, Connor's legacy is already cemented, but a lot of fight fans still don't give him that respect. I I have arguments with my boys still to this day about Connor's wins. You know, like who, what were good wins, what are quality wins, and it's insane because if you look at the roster of names he's beaten, it's all there. It's all the light heavyweights and featherweights you wanted him to beat, including welterweights. Now with Poirier, I'm not. I don't want to disrespect him. He won against Dan Hooker uh, earlier this year. He lost to Khabib, you know, no shock there. That was for the lightweight championship. But he won a decision, unanimous decision, against Max Holloway. That's a big win. Like, this guy also has Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis. Like, all these wins on his resume, too. So, don't get me wrong. He could win against Conor McGregor. I just don't think he will. I think it should be a good fight, but the longer it goes... I think that that's when you get that false sense of uh, security with Conor McGregor, and that's when he knocks you out. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you there. Poirier, Poirier has a chance. He he definitely does. His, like you said, his accolades, his his resume adds up for you know, he's not just some guy. This is Dustin Poirier we're talking about. He's he's he just fought for the you know the lightweight title. Like you said, that's not that's not just you know some. BS, I guess I could even say. You know, that's that's the title where if we're talking MMA, that's the one you want. One, one fifty five is that's it. That's the cream of the crop. I mean, that division's so deep. I think we we can agree on that. And but at the end of the day, we both uh, also agree on Connor can't. I don't see Connor losing. Like I don't see a Connor losing to Dustin, especially the the way he's going to fight. He's going to come out strong. He's going to come out fast. And he's going to want to just put it away early, get a, you know, get a big pop if there's a crowd, which is probably not. We're talking if he fights in December, if he fights in November, definitely no crowd. I mean, that's a month away here. So it's just a good fight. Connor's ready for it. I, I believe he's been saying he's ready all year, wants to fight. It's something that needed to happen. I was getting tired of the whole back and forth between him and Dana and not fighting him a fight. It is unfair that that happened to him. So, but... 
not to take anything away from Dustin because I love him as well. It's just it's a perfect fight for both the guys. I don't think it's going to be too hard for Dustin. You know, Connor is. What, what are they fighting at though? That's my question. Well, that's what I was actually about to ask you because I have it up on my laptop now because I just thought to myself like, wait, what's the weight? Because I'm assuming yeah. I'm assuming lightweight. Um, it has to be right. It, why, why I would Dustin go up. I assume it has to be because as of today, you know, at least this week in October 2020, where Khabib Nurmagomedov is still champion, Justin Gaethje is the interim champion, Diamond Poirier is number two, number three is Tony Ferguson, number four is Dan Hooker, and then at five in the lightweight division is Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't fought in the lightweight division since 2018, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, dude, this is why people hate Connor. Uh, because as I was looking at through the rankings, Connor is 11 on the pound for pound rankings right now. Is he really? He's ahead of <laughs> names like Ferguson, Robert Whittaker, and Francis Ngannou. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, the UFC's banking with their boy. I, you know, well, he's, so. he's 11. Just to be fair, he is 11. The top 10 power rankings. Include the first man we were talking about, Johnny Jones. Then there's Khabib. Then it's you know the, the style bender himself at three. Then you got Stipe. Then you got Usman. Then you got Alexander Volkanovsky. Then you got Justin Gaethje. Then you got the Diamond himself, Poirier. Then Max Holloway. Then Peter Yan. Then Connor. So like we said, we we lucked out because I didn't even realize. He was that high. Poye, I mean, was that high on the pound for pound. So good for him. I, I like it when uh, the lighter dudes, as a big, fat, 270-pound man myself, I appreciate when these light guys get all the shine a lot of people don't give them, especially at the lighter weights like lightweight, featherweight, and flyweight. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm looking at the rankings here, too. I mean... I get Connor's down there in 11. He, he, I mean, technically, if you do him pound for pound, he's in three weight classes, so you can kind of move him around in that whole area and just really play with it. But, yeah, that, I guess going back to the question, I think, if I remember correctly, they might have even been talking about doing a catch weight for the Poirier fight. Which I, I, guess, I guess that would be if it was for charity, but if it's going to be an official UFC event, I don't understand, even just for ranking right now, if they're both in the same division like they are at lightweight, fight at lightweight. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, yeah, before it was before Dana signed on, it got so much hype, basically, Dana was like, okay, we'll do it. But before it got signed on, yeah, it was supposed to be a charity fight, and that's what, and that would have been, yeah, catchweight. But yeah, I, I'm with you there. If, if we're talking, this is under the UFC banner, which it is, it, it's got to be, it's got to be at lightweight. It has to be, because then that puts him back in the running for um, the belt. You know, that puts him firmly back in the running for the belt. Gets a win over Dustin, who just fought for the belt. You know, we got to see what happens with Gaethje and uh, uh, Habib, but I don't think that's, you know, my bias included. I'm thinking Khabib's going to pull that one off. I don't see, we haven't seen, and taking a little off topic, we haven't seen anything of... um, of Gaethje's wrestling, really. I mean, he's been standing up the whole time. And he's supposed to be have these great accolades of wrestling. So that might be interesting against Khabib. That's going to be what's tough with him because, I mean, he can he can stand and bang. But getting a little off topic, I think as we is, do, like I said, perfect for <laughs> this is this is perfect for uh, Connor to uh, move forward, kind of, and uh, get his name back in that. What you just did is exactly why people don't like him is because in a, such a sport like cage fighting, there's a butterfly effect every time a fighter drops out, doesn't fight, there's an injury, gets replaced, wins, goes on a hot streak, goes on a cold streak. All these interconnected parts and just us talking about this new Connor fight, we're now looking at the lightweight division like this has major implications on this division and it doesn't make sense not to fight at lightweight it's it's amazing like you said Gaethje is the interim champ our most hated type of champ but when the hell are we going to see Khabib again he's talking about retiring too just to bring that up at the time of recording that's up in the air because again he wants that bag of money too yeah yeah exactly (laughs) 
he, I mean, he said what his father's wish is thirty and zero, right? And uh, twenty eight and zero. He's got his next fight. He caps this off with Justin Gaethje, probably one of the hardest fights he has. That's twenty nine and zero. And then you know we we had a lot of talk like well, GSP was getting thrown around as he always does. You know, one of the one of if not the greatest. You know, depending on what type of fan you are, GSP's name just when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah. You know, the guy that can just come in, take a title, and dip out when he's done. Because he's like, oh, I'm that good. Let me just do what I do and retire on top. But, you know, that would have been fun. I don't think it would have been as realistic of what Habib should be doing. Um, I think if we're going to talk ending his career, right, retiring and, and possibly retiring on top, he's got it. He's got a in my opinion, shot Connor one more time. Yeah, that was, that's know, what I was going to say too. I thought you were going to say it, so I let, I didn't want to cut you off, but I'm with you 100%. Um, after Gaethje, and we're both assuming, I'm, I'm assuming this, but I, I think me and you both are saying he needs to beat Gaethje, and then if he wants that magical 30-0 retirement, you got to give it to the notorious one one more time. And even if you mop the floor with him, that's not the point. That's you solidifying your own legacy. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100. And uh, you know, I uh, I don't know how much you were following it, but with all the Connor Dana stuff, Dana ended up saying something along the lines talking about he was gonna bring back tough again, and um, it was gonna be Khabib Connor, and then you know how tough works at the end. The coaches are gonna end up fighting each other as well under that pay per view of the of the winners of the series, right? Because that they'll open up on the you know prelims. They'll be the main fight of the. Uh, prelims and then the main card opens up and the coaches fight for the, at the top of the main card that would have been great i don't know how real that is i don't know if dana just saying that for you know points to be like oh connor you're fucking up you're fucking up i can't imagine he would ever want conor mcgregor to be a coach again after the last time he was yeah i mean he, he went nuts in there so. yeah like he wasn't a good coach he just he, <laughs> Like, it, from a sports standpoint, I don't even watch that show. You watch that show. Like, he, from all the highlights I saw of the show, he wasn't a good coach. He was a great personality, great for reality TV. Not saying that. I get why ratings-wise you would want him on the show. But the with the bad blood between him and Khabib, and you want to put them in some fake-ass house and stick them in close quarters with each other, that's not exactly what I would want for either man because we're really discounting how offended Khabib was as a human being. Like, yeah. when, when you're that pissed off, when you feel like you've been, you, you, when your family's been attacked, your race has been attacked, and your religion has been attacked, that's a different level of violence you're, you're displaying towards somebody, as we saw. Because I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, red-blooded Americans that watch this sport that just assume, since he's a Muslim-Russian, he's just going to be crazy like that because the only fight they ever watched the Khabib's was the, the McGregor fight. But in reality, he's a pretty reserved guy. So for the fact that he was going to jump out of the cage and start swinging on people all willy-nilly, that's how pissed you made him when you when Connor talked about his dad, when Connor talked about his religion, when Connor talked about his country. Like, that's real shit. And I, don't, I think people only apply that from a very Americanized viewpoint when viewing it here in our country, right? Like they only understand those offenses if it's if it's done in an American context. Like they can understand white black racism. Like they can understand why Colby is the is the hottest heel in MMA right now. They can't understand why an Irishman offering this Russian a drink is that offensive when He's just sitting there and remember, I know you remember, Khabib was not saying anything offensive. Khabib wasn't giving into it. And then once he was in that ring, let's talk, let's talk, bang, 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 let's talk. No, no, let's talk. And Connor's saying it's just business. And he's like, yeah, let's talk. Like that's, that's like, no, I'm going to fuck you up. And you don't get it. This isn't even about this. I need to fuck you up for me. Like, so I don't yeah. want them anywhere in a reality show setting because we, <laughs> not only I gave a lot of shit to Khabib just now, you McGregor got into a lot of shit in New York City for throwing shit at a bus. Like neither of these guys are exactly the type of personalities you want to put in a cage unless it's for a fight. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you 100. percent That that was my initial word when I heard. It. I'm like, oh, this just got to be Dana talking because I mean, I heard I'm like. There's no way you can have these guys be civil like that, especially after what happened. You know, talking about Khabib, 
the way the way you know the way you are explaining it. You're 100 percent right in the fact he's a very reserved and respectful guy. He comes from an upbringing where this is competition. This is truly sport, and you're not playing games. And Connor made it a game, if you know, put it the easiest way you can put it. And that doesn't bode well under under Khabib's lifestyle choices. He he's he's like, no, we're we're doing something very dangerous, and it's not for fun. This is this is sport. I want to be a champion. I want to be a leader in my thing, what I do. So, and yet he's always been reserved. I mean, look at him in the him in the Dustin fight. He very reserved. That was very respectful. Every fight before the Connor fight, very respectful. Connor hit something in him, like you said, with all the just trash he was throwing at him, just allegations left and right. Even bringing his managers into it, and you know, just real foul shit that Connor was really saying. And yeah, the it culminated at that not only the night they fought, but like you said, with Connor throwing that um, that dolly at the tour bus or whatever, whatever you even want to call it, it's a bus for Khabib's team, right? That that's where. It, culminated and that's not good you don't want that that venom together for long because it, it's going to make a good tv show 100 percent. you're going to be paying a lot of lawyer fees to someone though it's not it's not it's not gonna be it's not worth it it's just not worth it but i want the fight again i'm with you put him back in a cage we're, we're good talk shit now that's what he said talk shit now as he's slamming his face in. let's let's <laughs> talk let's talk now yeah oh my god it's great but you know Hey, we're talking about some of the greats, right? I mean, we're lucky with this episode here. We're we're just naming the greats off one by one because they're kind of all together right now in this weird situation that we have where we have John Jones the GOAT talking about this up-and-coming most likely GOAT depending on what happens in Izzy. We've got Connor back in the mix again after two years out. And then, I mean, we had the fight with Cowboy, but come on, let's... I wasn't a fight. It was forty seconds. Whoa, that was whoa, it. whoa, man! I had people telling me that Cowboy was going to whoop his ass. Yeah, I don't know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. Listen, we all love Cowboy, right? Come on, man! It's he's he's the the UFC yes man almost, and that's I don't mean that derogatory. Like he he's about it. Whenever, wherever, throws the Cowboy hat on. Let's do this. But he, we're not talking about a young Cowboy on. Always sunny in Philadelphia, right? We're talking about an older cowboy that's coming back to fight a guy that comes out strong. Like whoever thought, I mean, yeah, it could have went. I was thinking it might have went rounds, but Cowboy had to survive the onslaught of Connor coming out as fast as he does, and we saw that play out like it always does with Connor. If you can't come out fast, that's it. So I get it, but you know, whoever's telling you that, I, I we gotta show him a couple fights. Of how Connor actually works, like we can't forget, Connor is good. He, yeah, he didn't defend his belts, right? Not just good; he's great. He didn't defend his belts. I think he relinquished both the minute he got them. He never actually defended one of them. I no, he didn't he relinquish did. either for a while. He was the champ. I can't remember. I, would, I think maybe he relinquished one, but he, I know he had one for a while because he was supposed to defend it. Then the Mayweather shit happened. So yeah, and they had to just take it. They're like, okay, we we can't just have this caught up here we need to we need to keep this moving um so i i don't know i i just love i just want him to fight i just want to see connor fight again that's as a as a diehard ufc fan that's what you want to see you want to see the not the company man but the face basically of the ufc right yo we were talking about faces of the ufc like you were saying before we, we said john jones izzy then we're talking about connor and Khabib, essentially, because we're we're talking about the lightweight division now. And yep. once again, peek behind the curtain, right? When we and you were starting to talk about this, like now three weeks ago, a month ago, whenever, right? We, we thought this was going to be such a, air quotes, inside the sport type of pod because we we're going to talk like weekly stuff. And this isn't really like football where there's the big names every week. And holy shit, the second pod for this dope MMA shit has... Bones Jones, the last style bender, Khabib, the notorious Connor, and I know you wanted to talk about Champ Champ, the lioness, because don't get it twisted. When it comes to women's MMA, 
those queens are warriors. Those are all Wonder Women in the cage. Like, out of all the sports, I truly believe women's women's MMA is not the most legit, but the most equally looked at in, in the eyes of the fans. Like, there's not a big discrepancy in fight fans when the women's uh, fighters are on. People don't get up and walk away. People don't change the channel. These ladies headline and make bank. And one of those ladies is the lioness. Talk about your girl, because I know you want to talk about her. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, I almost had to hold my breath when I heard her name. I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's... If we're going to talk about goods, we got to talk about it. Especially since, like you said, we didn't get to do... This kind of worked out weird for the second pod being almost, like I said, about the goats that are right now, real time. This kind of goes back to last week's card with the, the Holly Holm-Irani Aldana fight where, you know, the first pod we had... You know, all I could remember that it was Holly Holm, and you know my bias there. But this this was a this was an idea that the reason I kind of wanted to talk about Amanda is because last week's card had two. It had Holly Holm, Irene Aldana, and uh, Jermaine Durandamy versus I can't remember, but Jermaine won as well. And they're both in that in that one thirty five uh, division, right? Or one yeah one thirty five division. They're both, you know, been in the sport a long time and almost were about to become gatekeepers for Amanda Nunez. And it turns out, well, they're more than gatekeepers. They're with Holly Holm in respect to Holly Holm. She just whooped Irene Aldana's ass for five rounds. She can go right back again and fight for it. And that's why I had to bring Amanda up because we might have a clog up with Amanda being there. And I don't say that disrespectfully as that she doesn't want to take fights because she's taking fights left and right. I mean, she, she's about to fight, uh, by the end of this year, I, I forget what card she's sharing with. Um, but it's Megan Anderson. She's fighting. I mean, she might be clogging up the division in a little bit because if no one can get past Holly Holm or Jermaine, Jermaine Durand me, right? It's December 12th. It's December 12th. UFC 256. She's going to fight. Oh my uh, God. Come on. So, we're talking, we can have, Con- just to go back real quick, you're telling me we can have Connor, Dustin, and Amanda, and Megan Anderson? Come on, man. Come oh, and, and to add to the GOAT talk, and just because I want to be fair and add on to her legacy that she already has, apparently, this is Wikipedia I'm reading this off of, so if it's wrong, it's wrong, but apparently Amanda Nunes is the first openly gay champion in UFC, which I didn't think was... Yeah, I think so. I didn't think yeah. that was that crazy, because obviously in a sport full of machismo like mixed martial arts, it doesn't surprise me that a woman's champ is the first openly gay anything. But I didn't think she was the first. Like, holy shit. That's- yeah, yeah, one, yeah, I mean, definitely the first. Uh, yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, her, her, and her, uh, her and her wife, I think they're married, I believe. No, they are, yeah, she's married to fellow UFC fighter Nina Ansaroff. Yeah, uh, yeah, Nina Ansaroff. Who just, yeah, had, a, who just, just had their first daughter. Child. Yeah, Reagan, yeah, child, right? Reagan and Nunez. Yep, they, they just adopted a uh, child, so congrats to them for sure. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, I mean, it's I don't want to say it's not surprising, right? It, it It's kind of a thing where you're like, good, good. I'm glad someone's not hiding behind bullshit norms, especially in a sport where you can see a lot of the fans are going to be these, you know, you can make a general assumption a lot of USC fans are, you know, just these real jock machismo like guys that you know oh uh, i can't believe this woman's gay blah, blah. you know what i mean it could be whatever you want to call it that's not what's going on everyone everyone that i know that's a usc fan fucking loves amanda loves, loves her amanda. So and she's a, a great thing to see you have a great point sorry to cut you off you have a great yeah, point about the norms right just to bring it to the real world like people usually have a problem with a woman dressing in a suit I see Nunez doing it, doing the commercials, dressing up in, you know, suits and shit. And I don't hear anyone saying shit. That's how you know you're a badass in this sport. When you do whatever the fuck you want and your biggest critics might be, well, I just don't think she's defending it enough. Like, because that, that's the worry. That's the worry now. Which isn't the worry for her. It's the worry going forward. Because as far as Nunez, she's fought in June. She beat Felicia Spencer, you know, unanimous decision. In December 2019, she beat uh, Jermaine me at UFC 245, unanimous decision. In July 2019, she beat Holly Holm with a T, you know TKO. Yeah. And that, and then back in December 2018, that was that 
now infamous Chris Cyborg fight where she made quick work to become the featherweight champ. And just for context, the women's divisions are real. Like, they, they have rankings and they have, I mean, like, rankings as in, you know, depth to their fighters. They have rosters. They have the strawweight division. They, they have the flyweight division, and they have the bantamweight division. But on UFC.com, there is no ranking for the featherweight division because that division was pretty much made for Cyborg, and those plans got derailed with the quickness because she ran into the actual lady goat, the lioness. It's crazy because what you said last week, Holly Holm, we, me and you both showed our bias, and I, and I wanted Holmes to win. I she got that. I watched that fight again. I don't think Holmes is gonna beat Nunez, but then again, I didn't think Holmes was gonna beat Ronda. So I learned then to stop doubting Holly Holm and give her the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. As far as yeah. as far as the division itself, just for context, because you know so many catchweights and shit. And when you being a champ, champ, you don't know. But the the title fight would definitely be in the bantamweight division, which right now is Nunez, Durandamy, Holm, Aspen Lad. Raquel Pennington, Irene Aldana, Juliana Pena, Caitlin Vieira. Yeah. Yeah. And and it goes on. Yeah. Who, who else is on that one? I'm about to look it up. Oh, the, but the, that's not like, that's the funny part is that's just the bantamweight division. As far as the strawweight and flyweight, you have names there too. For women's, uh, I'll read the women's pound for pound as you get the rankings up. What, what's your girl's name from the People's Republic? Yeah, there you go. I, I, I was going to say American as hell and say Wei Li Zhang. So I was like, I, that's, I know that's wrong. Um, <laughs> like, like my brain was like, don't say it out loud. <laughs> it, it happens. I mean, I, I don't know if you're wrong or right. I don't know. I but I've heard how you say it. I knew I was going to say it wrong. Then you got Valentina uh, Zemchenko, my girl, Thug Rose, Nami Yunus, at four in the ladies pound for pound. Then you got Joanna. Joanna Jerzejczyk, uh Jessica Andrade, Holly Holm is seven, so I guess she's she's going, man. Like I've, obviously, I didn't think I had to say Amanda Nunes is number one in the women's pound for pound top rankings. Um, yeah, <laughs> like the 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 strawweight champ is is two, and it's hard to argue she doesn't deserve to be two when the number one has two belts. I'm surprised where Rose is going to fit in, in all this. Is she going to be fighting uh, Jang anytime soon? Yeah, so so where Rose kind of fits into that is she just had that win for the first card back, uh, that decision win over when she lost her belt. Remember, she she lost her belt to uh, oh, damn, I can't remember now. Was it tough? Uh, I don't remember. But she lost her belt, um, and that's when Zhang Weili picked it up off of uh, Hoops Talk Rose lost off. Remember, it was that drop to the head, and then she got that rematch back and won a decision. Uh, for the first Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade. Andrade, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I, say, no, I, I say Andrade because a wrestler in WWE, so that's like a brain thing on my end, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah you know, it, it's all good. The Like like we said before, the Brazil names get a little difficult sometimes. Uh, but Andrade, um, I think is how we're supposed to say it, but whatever. Yeah, Andrade, yeah, yeah. Um, you got to remember, she, she looped. Uh, she lost that fight, Thug Rose, I mean, by she she lost that fight from, uh, you know, getting picked up overhead and then dropped, and she got knocked out on the drop down, which, you know, as a Thug Rose fan, it was disappointing to see, because you're like, well, she didn't really beat her, she kind of just got, I mean, we always say one one punch can end the fight, and either way in UFC, but, you know, you don't think it from a drop to the head, because you're on the wrong side of a choke, and you get dropped on your head because you didn't adjust to the fact that she might want to put you on the canvas. But that's, you know, real technical when we're talking about it. But she got that win back, and I think your question was what happens with with, with uh, Rose Namajunas, right? What yeah. happens there? She, she has to fight Zhang Leilion. I don't know if it's on the books yet, but that's what it's got to be because Zhang got the title from Andras, right? So... You know, even though she had that beautiful, beautiful fight with Yoana Young Jacek, who also remember these names are all intertwined, just the way the fight business is. Styles make fights. We said it last time; it'll be probably repeated over and over. Styles make fights, and even though that Zhang Weili fight and Yoana Young Jacek was a all-out brutal brawl, one of again we talked. I think we talked about it last week. One of probably will go down as one of the best fights of the year. Might get fight of the year, and Yoana was. I mean. Beast up by Rose, so 
we had that beautiful fight. We can we can rematch Zhang and Yo uh, and Yoana whenever we want, but the way it works out, we gotta have we gotta have Love Rose next. She's gotta get her chance to to get her belt back. You know, she had that speech at the end of her fight that she wasn't she wasn't really feeling it when she got the belt, and it, it was a lot of I don't even know if she said pressure, but it was it was just it's a little different once you get that gold. You know, heavy lies the crown, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's true. So in my eyes, that's the next thing. Have that fight happen and play around in that in that strawweight division. We have we have talent there, and you know we can play around with it. Uh, if we say Zhang beats her, then you know if uh, Zhang beats Thug Rose, we might have a definitive champion that might want to go up and fight Valentina if she you know gets a couple more under her belt and, and can really solidify her championship as a strawweight. She might want to go up and fight Valentina because you know Valentina's not coming down. You know, that 125 is where she's at because she couldn't get through Amanda, so she's not, I don't think she's going up anytime soon, but she's definitely not going down anymore. I think that's what we're looking at, man, and if and if Doug Rose gets it back, we get a whole bunch of fights, we can just run back, like, okay, here we go, let's see what's going to really happen, we can run the Ioana fight back again, if Doug Rose, you know, wins, and half of this, half of liking the sport is about trying to be the matchmaker, so I, I like it all, I like what's going on in that division, I think Rose... That's Rose's next shot, is back for the championship. If you couldn't tell everybody the difference between our attitude towards John Jones not picking a heavyweight contender and our attitudes towards the uh, ladies' strawweight and flyweight divisions just because there's people pointing out people in their division, that's the difference, is just fight. That, like that's why half of people hate Connor. He just didn't fight. Besides the loud mouth and the racisms that he, he did come out with throughout the years, we, me, and you both are right, numb to it because we grew up in boxing where you know racism was just a part of the promotion. But a lot of people hate Connor McGregor so much more than the people that hate John Jones, and it's ironic because then we talk about the women's divisions, and I just don't see the hate. Like Cyborg got hate for both unjust reasons and just reasons she got hate in the ufc but as far as all these ladies in these divisions right i can't pick out one that's really disliked like jermaine uh, jermaine me ain't a fan favorite i wouldn't say she got the heat that some of the other guys we've talked about on this pod has so like you said half the half the fun is this imagination part it just sucks that the the fight that me and you wanted to imagine for what like at least two three more years is getting talked about this damn week. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and oh yeah, I guess we have to talk about it. We said it was good. We were talking all these legends and shit. You mentioned it a little bit before about GSP coming back. Let, let me just say before we get into it, what and and <laughs> and just to answer your question, I like as you asked. I don't know if you think he's the goat. One, the reason I say John Jones should be the goat is because I mean that I think he should be the goat, but you know he fucked that up. If he before John Jones went on that run, I did think George St. Pierre was the goat. Him or Spider Silva, those are my two answers I will give you depending on my mood that day. Because I did not like GSP during his prime because I always wanted him to lose. I thought he was a fake nice guy. He was a wrestler, so he's not standing up and striking as much. Like. That shit annoyed me, but the you know hindsight's twenty twenty. I know his career. I get to go back watch those fights. That dude is amazing, just straight yeah. amazing. And if he wants to come back at welterweight, please, 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 fight Kamaru Usman because Styles make fights. Styles make fights, and I don't care if that's a stand up bang out uh, brawl like Usman Covington was. I don't care if it's slower and more thought out because they're both wrestlers like that. Just give it to me. And if that's not going to be the fight he comes back for, come back and fight Nick Diaz. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, Nick, Nick's talking Nick's talking about coming back, so that's, that's a perfect matchup. I mean, he shared that picture on social media talking about, I'm ready for fight weight. I think we talked about it uh, before. So, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, yeah, if you're not picking Kamara, which it's a perfect... You make a make a good point because we're not talking about a GSP that's making 55, right? Mm. It's not happening. I don't, I don't, I don't see how he's making fifty five. No, wasn't the big, wasn't the Bisbing fight uh, middleweight? Seventy, right? Yeah, yeah it was, it was one seventy. That was when he fought Bisbing. That was the middleweight uh, strap that was supposed to be. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he came back, fought him. Was like, I'm out. 
was it, right? That was that fight? Yeah. He literally came in and was like, I'm going to take this strap real quick. Thank you. And uh, I'm done. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm out. Thanks. Have a good one. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. He's not making 55, man. He's, I mean, he's not super old. You're talking about earlier that, that 40 range. There's plenty of, especially older guys that, that fought at 40. Depends on, you know, we talk about like the mileage on a car, right? It's a mileage on a fighter. You gotta, you gotta understand. You can be one of those older guys, but you can't have as much mileage. You just, you just can't. And um, that's what you see with some of the guys that are that are in their early thirties that are like, ah, oh, we can't do it as much. That that could be a concern for John Jones, right? That's what some people might worry about as he's getting older. He has a lot of mileage. He got that championship. 23, 23 years old. Something like that. But you go back to like the Randy Couture time, he didn't have that much mileage on him. He was good up until his later 40s, right? Or mid-40s. So I think he's got the time because GSP did leave, and he's not just been taking fights because he's like, ah, you know, I'm still the best. He he left on top, and I think he has some more in him. But, yeah, making making a weight like 55 ain't happening, man. It's got to be at 70 at minimum. And he's not going to go up to 85 because that's it. That's what are you going to fight, Izzy? And that's not happening. I mean, for, for the talk about 205 and not wanting to see Izzy up, Izzy going up, going all the way back to the beginning of this pod, just real quick, that's, he has the frame to be at 205. He's not a little guy, Izzy. So he's not going up to 185, and he's not going to drop all the way 155. 155. So we're stuck at 170 or a catch weight at like 163, 167 or something like that, which if you're making 167, might as well just go to 170. So, yeah, I'm with you at Kamaru. Kamara might be the option for him if he comes back. I don't need it. I mean, I, I would. I love to see GSP fight again. Like you said, if you go back watch now, you, you see what made GSP the the goat that he is. But I, I'm I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm good. I don't want to be you know shitty to GSP because he is he is as great as he is. But I, we have so much lifeblood in the UFC now. I don't think we need a guy just coming back for one more fight. If it's a super fight, you know, just something not titles on the line, it's just, you know, for the fight, then I'm cool with it. But I don't want titles on the line unless it's he's either going to stay for a little bit or fight someone serious in a in that 170 range. So I'm with you. I'm with you there. So as we wrap it up here, just to uh, put in perspective, right, so we're probably going to record in a couple more days on, on Sunday after uh, the Maurice Sandhagen card on 10-10-2020. Uh, yes. So... Do you know what we're going to be doing on Sunday then? Which which is why I have this tone of excitement because I just realized what the next card is. No disrespect to this Saturday. It is Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. Oh man, I know. <laughs> so we have plenty to talk about in a couple of days. And it's ironic because we got this. This is a cheat episode. Like me and you had no idea how to actually talk. Because if you guys can't tell, we talk about much more in-depth, nerdier stuff than uh, Conor McGregor and Israel Adesanya and, and Bones Jones because the casual fans really like these people, which is good, which is great. But that's not really what, you know, niche podcasts are for. So this was fun. This is a cool one because randomly this was the week, uh, the women's fights last week and the implications on Champ Champ to Conor and, and the Poirier fight being announced essentially today to the dream fight on tw- between the beasts on Twitter. This is a weird time in fighting, in, in like North American fight history, because just to document for time, if say in a year, two years, someone's actually listening to this, the, there's a presidential election going on, a plague happening too, and pretty much the whole world's on fire, but apparently the sports gods have decided to throw us a bone because we might be losing the NFL. I, in, in a nutshell, none of us have a fucking clue what's going on, but at least we're getting some good fights. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> we're going to have a little... We got, like you said, really lucky. I mean, we got to just talk about pretty much the names you want to hear, but in, in depth with what's going on, kind of not behind the scenes, everyone sees what's happening. But, we, yeah, we got thrown a bone, as you said. We really did because it's, it's crazy what's happening at the current time we're at and, what the UFC has been able to uh, accomplish in uh, in this pandemic. They're, they've been lucky. I hope they, they keep going. Like you said, with the NFL, what's going on there, with, you don't, that's up in the air. I mean, I'm not a, I, you know, 
Oh, just for clarification, at this time of recording, like another Titans player got found to have COVID, and that whole team could be fucking up the whole league sooner or later. Uh, and that's what we mean by that. Like, the, 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 literally, anyone that doesn't have their sports blinders on can tell they might not make the whole season. And so at least we got Fight Island. Like, me and Tim are going to bash Dana White for some things, I'm sure. Because when you're in that position, you're going to get criticism. But as far as the Fight Island and how shady that may be, as far as his personal politics and how shady they may be, Dana White has found figured out a way to make the UFC a product where the casual fans have something to watch on Saturday nights no matter what. No matter what. And, and I mean, it's perfect for not being able to do much during this pandemic. Like, you know, we don't have to get too much into it. But yeah, it's, it's the perfect little mixture he's been able to make where it's like, all right, people are going to be home Saturdays. They're not really going out, but they still want to have something to do, something to watch, you know, a little later, have a couple drinks, relax. So yeah, I think it's been perfect. And yeah, we just lucked out with kind of the chaos of what this UFC bubble, Fight Island, everything that they've done, the way they've been kind of, I don't want to say they were the leader of what was happening because the NBA has done really well, but they were the first back and they, they figured something out that worked for them. I mean, it's a little easier not talking about like the NFL. I don't, I can't even, I can't even understand because they got so many people. It's so difficult to try and manage. And they're, and, the and they're not traveling. Me and Brett talked about it on the last dope blog that's up right now that they, they don't even have a plan in place. Like we're talking the UFC and for all the shit that we think the UFC does from paying its fighters to having shit sponsors like Reebok that they, they handled this pandemic very, very well. Just like the NBA. You can have your criticisms of the NBA as a business with China, yada, yada, yada. But as far as this pandemic, creating the bubble, they've handled it very well. Both of these things happened months before the NFL started. And the, they, the NFL has 53-man rosters traveling every week. It's, it's insane. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they pulled it off. Yeah, wherever wherever your ideas may lie with the UFC, with the NBA, they, they got it right. Yeah. They got, both of them got it right in their own way. I mean, but you have a model for both. You have a model for, one, people being able to travel. I don't understand how they're not getting complete private travel for the teams and keeping them safe in that way because you, you got the UFC making charter flights halfway across the world. But to bring it back to the people, because because we don't really get too in-depth because we're going to record on Sunday and talk about the fight night, both fight nights on this Saturday and next uh, Saturday with Brian Ortega and, and Korean Zombie. But real quick, what is your biggest thing going into uh, fight night, uh, Maurice and Sandhagen? Oh, for, yeah, for Marlon and uh, Corey Sandhagen, yeah, to kind of to kind of just get to what's happening and wrap it up here, we got... Uh, yeah, basically, I think in my eyes uh, and, you know, a few other people's eyes, we got a, uh, a title eliminator, you know, going on right now because we got. Um, oh, it's a bet. And, and just for context, because like if people are like us, they don't know people like right off the bat. It's a bantamweight bout for the main event. Yes. And a featherweight co-main with Edson Barbosa and Marcon Amirakani. Correct. Yep. So with both, we kind of have. So moving forward, especially, like I said, with the Sanhagen fight, for, for uh, background, like you said, Bantamweight fight for the main card, the whole reason this kind of happened, and I call it a title eliminator fight, is, is because Corey lost to Aljamain Sterling, who realistically, if we're being honest, should have been the one fighting Piotr Jan for the vacant belt that Henry Cejudo left. Remember, he, he relinquished his other belt and was like, I'm done, I retire after he won, right? And... Um, they gave it right back to um, Jose Aldo, who lost. But you know what? All right, give Jose Aldo uh, to Piotrion. Piotrion won that fight and became the champion of the Bantamweight division. And now next up is Aljamain Sterling. So that's the fight that's supposed to happen. The reason this is the title eliminator is because Marlon Marais is number one. Corey Sanhagen, number four. Cody Garbrandt is going down to fight Davison Figueroa. Fig- ah, I can't even say his name. Figueroa right now, right? So Cody's ranked number three at Battleweight. He's getting out of there. So we have a title eliminator because Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Marais, whoever wins that fight is going to move on to fight this champion between Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Young. I think it's going to be good. It's, you know, I'm on Sanhagen right now. I think he was undefeated before he lost to Aljamain Sterling. Actually, one that I didn't see him losing, but Aljamain 
I mean, won decisively against him. He just he just outclassed him. So I'm rooting for Sanhagen in this one personally, but Marlon's no joke. So he is number one in the division uh, right now. So he's no joke, and he can definitely do some damage to him. And I- I'm excited. I mean, the rest of the card, I'm not I'm not crazy about. You know how these fight nights are. They're kind of two two fights are good, but everything else is kind of you know. Uh, oh, oh, don't lie, crazy. don't lie. You, you're a big Ben Rothwell guy. No, all right, listen. <laughs> listen, I'm fine with it. I like seeing big guys throw hands, right? But, I mean, we're, we're not talking anything crazy. That's what happens with these fight nights. When, when you got, you know, not to get too inside baseball and just finish it up with this, when you got fights that you have to put on because you made a deal with the biggest, what do you, I don't even want to, I don't even know what you call them when, when you're talking about Disney. A conglomerate, a, I don't, a media company, I don't know what to call them anymore because they got their hands in everything. <laughs> when you make a deal with them in being on ESPN Plus and having to put on X amount of fights, you might have these a little bit watered down cards, especially coming towards the end of the year because that's what always happened with the UFC. The end of the year kind of, it's slow and then ends off with a bang and starts with a bang the next year. But, um, we got some decent stuff going on, so yeah, the next two weeks are good, and then we got the October card in two weeks, uh, or three weeks, which is finally we get to see Khabib at it again, right? It's Khabib at the end of this. I have no idea. Well, let me let me look ahead. Uh, so, two two fifty four uh, as of right now. Yes, it is Khabib Gaethje. Man, that's how you could tell. I have lost my sense of time during this quarantine because in my head that's still months away. <laughs> I know, right? It seems like it seems like a lifetime. Well, with Khabib fights, it's always a lifetime because we got that sour taste with Ferguson and Khabib, which was supposed to happen for the fifth time, and now they're talking about a sixth time. I don't even want to hear it anymore. Wait, 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 wait. And just, okay, we're going to cut this off in a second, but I just realized <laughs> that apparently scheduled for Halloween is UFC Apex, Uriah Hall versus Spider Silva. Mm, mm. So apparently we're gonna. Yeah, have, we're, I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, but, yeah I, I, so I, we got I, a, we got tons of shit coming up. Yeah, October's gonna be fun. October's gonna be fun, man. I'm I'm excited. All right, tell <laughs> tell tell the people where they can find you on all your socials. Yeah, um, all my socials at t owens one one zero five. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, just Tim Owens. If anyone uses the the Facebook and wants to follow there. Oh man, <laughs> but, um, you're getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I'm at not the Chuck D on all the three, you know, social medias: Instagram, Twitter, yada yada yada. We're at the Dope Blog on Twitter, all one word at the underscore Dope Blog on Instagram, and at the Dope Blog and Podcast on Facebook. And we'll see you soon because there's tons of fights coming up. Peace. See ya. I'm Than your average. Uh.